Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day in our neighborhood. I don't know about yours, but I hope it's pretty. My goodness, it was lovely as I got out and left to come to the station today, the studio, and and I hope it's that nice where you are. This is a great time of year for gardening. The only thing that would make it greater would be if we get a little rain. Oh, my goodness gracious, it's gotten dry the last six weeks or so. But maybe that'll happen. I hope it's happened for you already, and I hope it will happen uh, for you soon if it hasn't. We are here to answer your lawn and garden questions. We, being Jim Bartow today, running the boards and answering the phones. Jared Taylor taking a rare day away, and Jim is uh, playing the part of Lou Gehrig for this performance. And uh, it may may mean another 2,000 uh, performances for him. The uh, phone number, if you'd like to call, is 888-256-1080. If you do not uh, entertain the uh, thoughts of baseball, you have no idea what I just talked about, and so we'll just let it go. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'm here for the next hour, so it's only an hour. Don't delay too long to call, or you might get left out in the uh, in the beautiful weather. So let's talk about the plants at your place. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully aware that there are some great football games on TV. We own what we have, and that's what I have. I go head-to-head with a lot of big games. Texas OU, I know it's on the air. I mean, if you don't know that, um, you didn't care to watch it in the first place. And uh, so and, and my Ohio State Buckeyes are playing right now. I don't even have any of this on my phone so I can watch the scores. I'll look at noon. That's, that's quick enough, so I won't be distracted from you. You have my full-time attention. I began this, you heard the comment about most tenured. I'll tell you about tenured. My audition program was in, uh, in, in, at, on Thanksgiving Day in 1977, uh, a station at uh, 570 on the dial. Uh, different call letters at that time, but in the Dallas-Fort Worth area said, you know, we don't carry the Dallas Cowboys, and we have to have something on the air. Would you like to come do a gardening talk show that afternoon and answer questions? I said, sure. Sure, I don't I don't want to watch the Cowboys. I did, but it didn't matter. I thought that, that would be interesting. And the lines were packed. And so I'm, I'm used to doing this, and that, that actually opened up the beginning of this career. So that's uh, from January of 78 all the way until now. I've been doing this every week and and. So give me a call, won't you please, 888-256-1080. This is live on a Saturday morning. This is uh, this is uh, the trapeze without a net. Uh, so if I don't get calls, you'll be the first to know. Well, actually, uh, Jim and I will be the first to know. We'll say, Neil, you have no calls. You better be stalling. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. This is a very important time of year because it is the tail end, the very last time that you have to fertilize your lawn for this year. And you certainly need to fertilize and you certainly need to water after you fertilize. I'm concerned that our pre-emergent weed killer applications we made a month ago may not function normally uh, unless you've been watering properly because we put them out at the right time. But 
I, I don't know how well they were distributed at that point. This happened a couple of years ago where we got into a September drought that carried into October, and, and there were weeds that came up in the spring, and, and that was the only thing that could uh, be used to explain why they didn't work quite as well as they should have. But anyway, we deal with it as it is. St. Augustine and Zoysia grasses are subject to brown patch, now called large patch by Texas A&M. Uh, turf people and pathology people, not sure where that name came from. I'll do a little research and see if I can figure it out. But brown patch is identified when you pull on the blades, they come loose easily from the runners. You can see where the fungus has attacked the blades, where they attach to the runners. They are decayed at the bases of the blades. And uh, it starts out in circular patches, about uh, 18, maybe 20, 22 inches across. It just looks like somebody laid uh, a garbage can lid, an old metal garbage can lid down on the lawn for about four hours in the sunshine. You pick it up and the blades are yellowed the first day and brown the second day and shriveled the third day. And they do bounce back because it's a leaf-only disease, but it does weaken the grass. Azoxystrobin, Azoxystrobin, A-Z-O-X-Y-S-T-R-O-B-I-N. It looks like an eye chart when you put it up there on the <laughs> on paper. That's the fungicide that will control it. It's the same fungicide that is recommended for the other St. Augustine diseases like uh, take all root rot and great leaf spot. And it's in Scott's Disease X uh, uh, fungicide for disease control in in turf. Um, I normally don't mention specific brand names, but uh, as of this year, anyway, that still is the only brand that has azoxystrobin in it. So I'll continue until other companies come along with it, and then I'll mention them, too. Um, all right, let me give you the phone number one more time, and then let me do my first break, and we'll see who we can scare up to, to have the courage to lay down the phone, the, uh, the TV clicker, and call a gardening talk show, radio talk show. Imagine that. In the fall in Texas, calling a gardening radio program. Imagine such a thing. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour live right now. 888-256-1080. I had a, a time once many years ago where I was having trouble getting calls. And finally, my board op at that time, this is many years ago, and uh, the, the phone system had just changed. And finally, the board up put a note up on my screen saying, Neil, found out what the problem is. You're giving a number of a fish market somewhere. <laughs> so we got that changed. I think I have the number right today. Uh, so anyway, uh, let me tell you about Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This has really turned out to be a very good offer, and you're taking advantage of it. But remember, this is only good until November 15. This is my book. This is the best work of my career. Uh, that's by my judgment, but I don't, have not had anybody say, nah, you're way wrong. Um, whatever, that flyer you did back in 72, that, that was a lot better than this. That's not the case. This book represents a year of my life. It represents a whole lifetime of learning so that I could write this book. It's 344 pages and 840 of my best photos. It's a hardback book printed on high-quality paper and printed in Texas so that a book called Lone Star Gardening would say printed in Texas inside its front cover. That was important to me. I didn't want it to say printed in China or printed in 
some other foreign country. It needed to say printed in Texas. I sign every copy of this book as it sells, and it covers everything about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. Eleven chapters. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in two in, in Texas. Chapter two is a calendar, a 48-page calendar that tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're trying to grow, all the pest problems that might show up, all the weed problems, and how to eliminate them. And uh, that chapter alone will pay for this book. Chapters 3 through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I sign every copy, and I guarantee your satisfaction with every copy, or I will refund every penny you invest in this book. 67, 68,000 copies sold to date. We're in the fifth printing, way more than halfway through that fifth printing, and uh, not one request for a refund yet. I think this would make a great holiday gift for you. I get swamped as Christmas approaches, and that's why this special is up right now through November 15. You have just about a month to get this done. The first book is regular price of only $36.95 plus tax and postage, but the second and third books shipped together to the same address are $31. That's almost a $6 savings. I've never put a savings that great on the book. So, first book, $36.95, second and third to that same address, just $31. Two ways you can order because the book is not in stores and not on Amazon. Order from my website or call my office Monday through Friday business hours. 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. 800-752-4769, but the website is the better way, and that is at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. There is a lot of talk these days about Made in America. I want to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. That's Mueller, metal roofing, Mueller steel buildings. Made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product that's made right here in America. That's Mueller, 90 years of making customers' dreams come true. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's Mueller, made in America and made to last, MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. Let's start out with Jack in Welburn. Jack, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. When I was growing up in College Station, when we wanted to take a field trip for a, um, oh, like a picnic, we would go to Welburn. It was out there in the country. It was, it was, we'd get in the bus and we'd go out to Welburn. It's not out there in the country anymore, is it? No, sir. Yeah, you went to Minner Springs, probably. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. 
I live, I live about a mile and a half from there. That's great. Uh, uh, I got the net sedge in the flower bed, of course, and uh, we bought some sedgehammer the other day, and I don't know when to put it out for sure. Just any time? No, not any time. It is much better during the active growing season, and that growing season is about to shut down. You have another uh, uh, another two or three weeks before uh, before it will cool down enough that the nut sedge will quit growing. I would I hold see. it until spring. You're not going to get much result now. Okay, I see. Well, we yeah, keep it from freezing. Don't don't leave it out in a shed where it might freeze this winter. Correct. Just saying it's uh, uh yeah. it, it, it's, we just now found it, so <laughs> we'll hang on to it. Well, it's a it's a very good product. It and Image, the the original Image that was intended for a nut sedge, both do a very good job. You just have to be patient. They don't they don't kill a hundred percent the first time. It's yeah. uh, you know you get ninety percent every time you put it out, and eventually, if you do that long enough, in about a hundred years, you don't have any more <laughs> nut sedge. I don't want to over encourage, you know. I <laughs> hey, understand that. Yeah. About the weed, I know. Yeah, it is. It sure is. Also. Can you, can you tell me when crape myrtles do their shedding on their bark and turn to their, their white color or their red color? How old is the tree when it does that? Uh, usually after the second or third year and sometimes the third or fourth. It depends on the type of crape myrtle because some of the upright types uh, th- that grow really quickly will uh, will, will start uh, uh, shedding bark a lot earlier than, than a more compact variety. Crape myrtles, for folks who are not aware, vary in mature height from two or three feet all the way up to 33 feet and and those big tall ones uh, will start shedding quickly because their trunks can be the size of your wrist within three or four years yeah, and, uh, that's, yeah that's the kind we have in there yeah i'd say by the third or fourth year you should see that and most of that will occur in the spring as the as the plants are really growing quickly i have a glendora white which is an old indica and it has shed a bunch in the last uh, probably six weeks yeah do they just continually shed, or is it just one time? Um, a little bit all along, but uh, but there will be one big time during the year as the as the plant is growing rapidly when the new growth comes, because that's when the trunk is expanding. It's it's like the growth rings of a big shade tree. It it happens at a certain time, usually in the spring and early summer. Yeah, they're also a very hard wood. I didn't realize they were hard. They uh, had to cut one of them down and a while back and. It, it was tough. It was hard wood. They're, they're used as a timber tree in the tropics. Ah. Yeah, it's a different, there are different species that are used for that, but I, I, uh, until I developed quite a problem with vertigo, uh, I turned pens as a fundraiser for a charity, a, a recovery yeah. high school, and, and, uh, Lagerstromia was one of the woods that I turned. I'd buy it, uh, off eBay, and, ah. uh, it, it would be a different crepe myrtle, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a, a pretty plain wood, but it's it's pretty. All right. I'm well, glad you called. Have a wonderful day in, in Brazos County. Take care. All right. I'm um, glad you're out there. <laughs> I am glad I'm here, too. It beats the alternatives. Thank you very much. Let's go to Glenn in Brenham, one of the prettiest counties, Washington County, one of the prettiest counties in Texas. Glenn, how can I help you? Yes, sir. How are you? I've got a 10-year-old. Ten-year-old, uh, I guess, uh, live oaks. They got two of them. They're just not coming back up that freeze, and I'm. They got a little bit new growth on them, and there's some leaves coming out. But I've just recently noticed. Speaking of bark coming off, it looks like you got little cracks in the bark in the bottom and stuff like that. Is there 
anything I can do or no you're just going to have to wait and see Glenn that has been the strangest thing of my career as far as trees are concerned um what he is describing folks is uh, something known as radial shake r-a-d-i-a-l shake s-a-j-k-e and um I, i live in the dallas fort worth area and the problem is even more pronounced farther north because the temperatures were lower but it's it's all over the state and here is a tree that is native to texas and um, it may well be that the live oaks that you have were uh, grown in a nursery closer to the coast or east of uh, maybe even in the southeastern United States. Who knows? But Yeah, it could have uh, been, yeah. Yeah, but the native trees seem to have survived better, and through the millennia they probably sorted themselves out. But But landscape trees, even much larger than yours, have been lost entirely. You look at a row of uh, maybe in a neighborhood where they were all planted at the same time and, and you'll have lots of trees that will look absolutely perfect and then there will be one. They're, they're all gradations. You'll have one that has uh, 80% of its normal leaf uh, canopy. It's just thin and you say, well, I think that's going to make it and there's no bark uh, separation. Then you look at another one and there's a little cracking on the bark and, and less foliage maybe. 60% normal, and then you look at another one, there's 20% of the foliage, and the bark is standing away from the trunk, and then you yeah. find another one that's totally devoid of foliage and obviously is dead, and it's just, you drive through, you drive through Brenham, you'll see that if you, if you look at the live oaks, it's just the craziest yeah. thing, and this is a, uh, serves to warn us, and Texas A&M Forest Service is making the same warning, now going into the winter, we may need to make that decision of is this going to come back or not? And the 50% leaf count is kind of the dividing line that arborists in the Metroplex are using. Uh, below that count, you need to consider taking them down before they break. Uh, live oak is sturdier than other species. It, it's not going to break in an ice storm as fast as, a, a, for example, an Arizona ash would or a Chinese tallow. Both of those were hurt even worse. But we need to get them down before they come down and hurt somebody or come That's on right. a roof. We've, we've got some natural live oaks that are doing fine. And exactly Isn't that something? Right. What, yeah. What, what I think you said is you're exactly right on because these these came from a nursery, and I'm not you know I don't I didn't check and see where they were actually grown. So uh, they may not have known. They they buy them from right. a wholesaler, and they're you know and and. Three years from now, we will forget all of this, and we'll still be. Rec- I'm still recommending live oaks. I, I don't know how you can tell, per se. And and this was such a, such a bizarre set of circumstances. It may not happen again for a thousand years. And so, do yeah. we landscape for one in a thousand? Probably <laughs> not. That's exactly right. What about the pecans? I mean, we have some of the pecan trees also that are big, big, beautiful pecan trees, but they're just not. They don't look healthy, you know. I think I think for the most part those will rebound. I haven't seen the dieback on pecans for the most part. You always have some dieback on pecans, right. uh, just that's the nature of them. But but the oaks uh, and and Schumard red oaks are doing a similar thing. They're dying back. I, I'm going to go back to your pecans and give you a better answer. But Schumard red oaks have died back into the centers of the trees, and and the outer parts look like. Uh, antennas sticking out like like horns sticking out and the centers look lush 
pears, ornamental pears, have done that as well. And those are all trees that probably will come back but are going to need significant pruning. Now, in, in terms of pecans, I, have, I live in a pecan forest, and I have not seen much going on uh, along the creeks and, and things of the native pecans in our area, nor have I seen uh, pecans in yards that for a uh, by any trend are showing major damage from the cold. Right. Yeah. Crepe myrtles, yes. Crepe myrtles, yes. The the same uh, cast of characters, Tuscarora, Natchez, especially Tuscarora was hurt badly by the cold. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just, it was a strange event. It sure was. Well, thank yeah. you so much, and I appreciate it. And uh, just trying to, you know, make them, make them stay growing. They sure are pretty. I sure hate yeah, they sure are. Well, good luck with it. And don't don't pull on the bark. Don't trim that bark off. Just see what, what develops. Good luck Perfect. with them. Thank you. Appreciate Thank your you. call very much. Thank you. All right, we have a couple of open lines now. We have Jim in College Station. We'll go to him, and then we'd come to you right after. So, obviously, we have a couple of open lines. Again, Jim Bartow is running the boards and answering the phones. His will be the first voice you'll hear when you call this number, 888-256-1080, for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Tell you about my electronic newsletter, which is Neil Sperry's eGardens. It is weekly. I do a lot of the writing myself. I enjoy doing the writing. It's like an old-fashioned garden section. There are five stories each week. One of the stories is always a featured plant of the week, something that's really important at that time. It might be something that's beautiful right then and there or tasty. It might be something that you need to plant at that time to get ready for springtime, for example, right now. And then another one of the stories is always a featured question of the week, something that has come up that comes up repeatedly everywhere I go. Another of the stories is gardening this weekend, where I point out the most important tasks that you need to do. And my goodness, there are a lot of them in early October, early to mid-October. You don't get a second chance on some of these. And then a couple of other stories. Diane Sitton has a story coming up this week. It came in yesterday, but I haven't seen it yet. I didn't get it opened. So those uh, uh, those are those are what you're looking for in eGardens. If you want to see the latest issue, click on neilsperry.com. That's where you sign up for it. I said to you earlier, it's free. It always will be free. I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody, but I do have to have it from you so that we can get you in our mailing list. It comes from Constant Contact, Thursdays, just a little after 6 p.m. Take a look at the sample copy that we have for you and then sign up at neilsperry.com. Same place you get that great deal on my newest book. That's at N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on that eGardens tab. I'll be back with more after these messages. We still have one line open for you if you'd like to take it. It is 888-256-1080. Sound like an echo? That's what it is. 888-256-1080. Let's go to Jim in College Station. Jim, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. I was wondering what I can do to my garden over winter. One half of it had a lot of uh, weeds that grew up and have gone to seed. Uh, and I torched them all down, trying to tear them up, but it probably didn't get the seeds. Uh, and the other is that I had fungus on almost every plant in the garden last year. And I was wondering how can you, what do you do over the winter to maybe reduce that likelihood? All right. Um, number one on the weeds, 
you should have been dealing with them before they went to seed. I don't mean to just slap you around. <laughs> I don't want to do that to you. Um, but next time, if you have weeds, try to hoe them before they are, or if you can spot treat with a, an appropriate weed killer uh, that is okay for use in a garden area, uh, try to get them before they go to seed. Or use a roll-type mulch or, or whatever it takes, but don't let them go to seed. Uh, there's nothing you can do to prevent the seeds from germinating over the winter. They're there now, and they're just snug as bugs and happy to be there. Uh, what I would do if it were my garden is I would rototill, and I would work a lot of organic matter into the garden to loosen the soil if I try to get it as loose as I could uh, so that uh, if weeds did come, it would be very easy to cultivate them out with a sharp hoe. Uh, it's not as hard as, as people would make it think. If you do it when they're tiny seedlings, it's just a matter of dragging the hoe across the surface of the soil. If you wait till they're big weeds, then you have to chop, and that, that's tough. That's when you get blisters. So, so do it early and, and do it frequently, and uh, you won't have a big problem. Um, putting a mulch down will stop the weeds from germinating, or it will make it easier to remove them because they will germinate within the mulch. Mulch could be shredded tree leaves. It could be compost. It could be pine bark mulch. It could even be a roll of uh, a weed-blocking fabric that you put down between the rows of your vegetables if the weeds are especially bad. Uh, you, you cut it and fit it down the middle of, of the row, and these are permeable fabrics that are made for that purpose in vegetable plantings and in strawberries and things like that. You okay? I'm hearing a lot of uh, movement. I Sorry, I'm, I'm fine. You okay. I was hoping you didn't fall. Um, and, and so those are ways that you can deal with the weeds and not have a major calamity with them. Um, as far as disease problems are concerned, that is absolutely and totally a crop-by-crop crop, uh, issue. The disease that bothers beans will not be the same disease that bothers tomato plants or that bothers uh, potato. well, let's see, yeah, potatoes or or uh, spinach or something else. They, they, they don't cross across. Uh, there might be a small exception if you get into peppers and tomatoes because those are closely related. But for the most part, diseases are crop by crop. So what you want to do is look at uh, each crop and, and learn what the problems are and anticipate those and know what the first signs of those problems are. You know, for example, uh, with tomatoes, because that's the most popular vegetable we grow, the first thing that most people see would be early blight. That is a disease. That is a fungus. And it will start turning the lower leaves yellow uh, in, in thumbprint-like patterns on the leaves. And um, uh, that will happen uh, in, in May, usually. Uh, in your area, it probably would be early May in, in the Brazos County area. Farther north, it might be in mid to late May. About three weeks later, you'll see spider mites, and they will turn the leaves tan. But they're, they're not even insects. They're mites, and you don't see them initially. You see the mottling, the, the manila folder-colored mottling on the leaves. So you learn to anticipate what the problems are, and you step to the solution right then. You don't give them an extra day. If you see holes being eaten in the leaves of the cabbage, you know that that's cabbage loopers and you put Bacillus thuringiensis down right now. So look at each of your crops that you're going to grow. Specialize in five crops and become a knowledgeable specialist in each of those crops. 
And until you know each of those five crops, don't grow the sixth. And then you can you can broaden your garden and, and learn how to grow rutabagas, but don't grow them until you know how to grow the other five, you know, whatever. So that's the way I would recommend that you do it, Jim, and it'll make it a lot less frustrating. Start small, and uh, as you succeed, then add another 100 square feet and and, uh, and enjoy it, and, and you'll succeed. Hey, any value to putting black plastic over them? No, I, that wouldn't be what I would recommend. I'd use the uh, I would use the roll type mulch that is it all, it's somewhat like carpet padding. It you know it's permeable, so water and air can go through it. Fertilizer can get through it, um, especially water soluble fertilizers that that dissolve in water. Um, I'd I'd rather see you use that than black plastic. Black plastic tends to hold water beneath it. And the ground stays too wet, especially in Brazos County when you get a nine-inch rain. I grew up in Brazos County, and I used black plastic, and I remember walking on it's like walking on a waterbed. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I hope I helped. Yes, yes. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. You're, I, you confident. You earned it. You're okay. Thanks for the call very much. Thank you, sir. All right, let me look at my clock. Let's see. Let me take a break, and then we're going to Corey in Brenham. He has woodpeckers, and we'll try to help him with the woodpeckers. Woodpeckers are fascinating birds. Niels Perry's Lone Star Gardening. Chapter 2 would be perfect because it tells you when to do all those things, when to plant vegetables so you are right. And it's not just vegetables, everything you're trying to grow. But let me be specific about vegetables. It is a calendar, a 48-page calendar that tells you month by month when you plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. So it will tell you, for example, with tomatoes, when you need to plant them in South Texas, when you need to plant them in Central Texas, and in North Texas, month by month. So if you're in South Texas, it'll tell you late this month, plant your tomatoes. In Central Texas, mid-month, plant uh, March, plant your tomatoes. And then it will tell you uh, when the time comes for early blight to show up. Watch out on your tomatoes for early blight. Here are the symptoms. And for spider mites and for all the other things that show up. That is, and, and for example, uh, uh, the uh, blossom end rot. That's what that calendar does. And that's just for tomatoes, and it covers all the different crops that you're dealing with. Wait till you see it. I think you'll be really pleased. The book has 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. It's a hardback, and it's printed on high-quality paper, and it has a great sale price to help you use it as a Christmas gift. Printed in San Antonio, 11 chapters that cover lawns and landscapes, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny you spend on it. The book itself is only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage, but until November fifteen, until November fifteen, first book at regular price, second and third books to the same mailing address, bought at the same time, only thirty-one dollars each. You can give a gift that will be treasured by the recipient for a long, long time. And by shipping together, you'll save on the postage as well. This is your deal. But I can't handle a big influx right before Christmas. Post office is saying we can't deliver in big quantities right before Christmas. This is good until November 15. 
And you can order from my website or by calling my office. This book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. So the way to get it is to go, you can call Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. That's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, the best deal I have ever offered. NeilSperry.com. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Let's go to Corey in Brenham. Corey, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, thanks for having me, Neil. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right. Let me preface this call by, you're right, I do have a woodpecker problem. And let you know that these trees, there's about 35, 40 live oaks I planted. And they're four to five years old, about five to six inches in diameter. And what this woodpecker or multiple are doing is they're pecking a complete, perfectly ring circle around the base of these trees right where it forks. And it's a little hole every eighth of an inch. I have them all over my trees. I, I could show you a hundred trees on my property the same way. Okay. Does it does it affect them? Because the bark is peeling back to where I can see the inner part of the tree. It could if they if they just were incessant on one tree in one place. I have a Nellie R. Stevens uh, holly uh, that one woodpecker attacked, and it it did hurt it a good bit. Um, the the traditional answer on oaks and pecans. Uh, which are two of their favorite trees, is they don't do any damage. They're not any indication of a problem. They're usually going after sap, and they don't indicate a problem, and they don't cause a problem. Uh, if you feel that it's excessive, then there is a product called Tree Tanglefoot. It's a gooey product, nasty gooey product that you can apply. You buy it in a can, and you can apply it to the, the area where the bird is uh, uh, hanging out too often, and they will encounter that stickiness and not want it on their feet. doesn't hurt the bird. It's just nasty. But it, I would only do that tangle, as a last ditch. Beg your pardon? You said tree tangle, tangle what? Tanglefoot. One, one word, tree, tanglefoot. Look it up online, and yes. you'll see it sold lots of places, and you can learn more about it. I, you may have to buy it online, for that matter. I have never used it. I bought some once and, and ended up not using it. But um, And I think the bird people are not too thrilled with my mentioning it because it is annoying <laughs> to the birds. I don't think it will hurt them. It, it's not like flypaper. Um, but the uh, the main thing, you could also use a pruning sealant paint just to spray aerosol pruning paint and seal those up and that might discourage the birds but uh, they're they're just doing what woodpeckers do woodpeckers are so much fun to watch and uh, don't do anything to harm the woodpeckers but those are your two options and i wouldn't worry about it beyond that so it's like pimples on a teenager not a big deal (laughs) so the woodpeckers are going for sap not bugs Generally, that's the case. Yes, they may come back and feed on some bugs that are there feeding on the sap, but it's okay. it's just we've got them all over our backyard, and our grandson and I sit there and watch them and, and enjoy them a great deal. We have feeders, and we purposely put feed in the feeders to attract them. I want them in our backyard. All right, as long as you think that it'll be all right. I'm yeah, it'll be it. fine. Right, have yeah, a good appreciate day. Appreciate your call. Have a good day. Let me go to Darren in College Station. You know what, Darren? Hang on. I want to get my last break in, make sure I do that, and I'm going to do it really quickly. My website is where you buy my book, 
It is neilsperry.com. It's where you sign up for eGardens, neilsperry.com, and it's where you find my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions at neilsperry.com. I hope you'll go and look at that really special price I have on my latest book, Lone Star Gardening. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. At Mueller, they believe in value. Their Value Plus buildings are pre-engineered. They feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant. They come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But True Value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. True Value shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. Mueller understands that buying a steel building or metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision. And Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money, you get more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. Call them today, 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means value. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we will go to Darren in College Station. Darren, this is Neil. Good morning. Neil, good morning. This is uh, Darren. Uh, so I have a question on your recommendation. I have wrapped the trunk of my red oak to prevent sun scald, and this is going through its second summer uh, of that, and it seems to be doing very well. Uh, can I or should I uh, unwrap that over the winter months and then rewrap it again in the spring or just leave it on all winter? So it was wrapped in the summer of 20 and the summer of 21. Uh, it was wrapped uh, in the in the summer, beginning in the summer of twenty. You're kind of in the in between time. It wouldn't hurt it to be. I, I, you know what? Here is the dividing line. How well has the top grown? The canopy. You, what you want is to have the top shade the trunk. That's why we're wrapping. Uh, it. Yeah, we're not there yet. Leave it wrapped another year. What I would do is, uh, at some point, doesn't have to be done at any given time. You don't need to unwrap it and let it get. Uh, exposed to sun or anything like that. That's not the goal. You know, it's not like trying to get a little bit of a tan before you. Uh, yeah, that's what I was wondering. No, you don't the need that. The sun was not so intense. What you want to do is open it up and make sure nothing bad is going on in there. You could rewrap it the next moment. Um, so that's that would be the only reason you would unwrap it. And I have no problem in doing that. Make sure there's no decay. Make sure there's no nothing has happened. And if there's something that's happened, then you deal with that. But otherwise, just wrap it right back again. Okay. Well, that will work. Um, one other quick question, if I may. I also have a very small juniper shrub I want to transplant. How do I know when those go dormant? They go dormant after the first hard freeze, which in College Station would be uh, 30, preferably 28 degrees. Okay. So you're probably looking at, uh, well, it can vary a lot, but I would say after Christmas sometime. Okay. All righty. Well, that helps much. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Daniel in Rockdale. Last call of the day. Daniel, this is Neil. I have a couple minutes. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Uh, I have this uh, about 40-year-old uh, desirable pecan tree, mm-hmm. and I live out in the country, but we run our washing machine water out there close to it. 
And uh, this year it's been kind of losing a lot of leaves and kind of yellow looking compared to my rest of our pecans. So I was wondering if that washing machine water could be affecting it. Is it the only tree that's getting that water? Yes, sir. Yeah, I might I might discontinue that for one year and, and see if it perks back up again. Um, sure. I don't know what you're putting in the washer. If it has bleach, then yes, that could, well, that could be impacting it. You know, wife, them women use all kind of good stuff. Oh, now? That's because yeah. you give her such dirty clothes. I know it. <laughs> I probably I probably would uh, discontinue for a while. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I got a Choctaw just about 50 foot from it, and it, it's so dark green and heavy, man. It's loaded yeah. Well, and, and Daniel, I have only a, about 45 seconds left. Let me, okay. let me slip one other sure. comment in on you. This sure. doesn't necessarily have to be the, the cause. It could be that it needs nitrogen. It could also be that, uh, that it needs zinc. It also, which, which you can spray onto the leaves during the growing season. Do a little more reading about the vigor of pecans. Texas A&M has a really good fact sheet on pecans. And you, if you'll go online and just put te- uh, Aggie Horticulture pecans, you'll get to that fact sheet and read up on on feeding them, and and that'll give you some good leads. I'm out of time, but that I I do that as well, and just see if you can get it boosted back to good health. Appreciate your call, Jim Bardo. You did a great job on the program today. This has been a good one. It's been tree day at uh, the program. Until next week. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening. <laughs> 